We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Detroit Lions select Jameer Gibbs, running back, Alabama. Goff looks, Goff throws, caught inside the one, fighting for the end zone and getting in for the touchdown. Detroit Lions, Amon Ross St. Brown. The snap, he's got it, wants to throw. Wentz looks, looks, pressure comes, went, hit, sack, back inside the 20. Aiden Hutchinson, that's number two. <laughs> Yo, what is going on, guys? Welcome back to the Pride Podcast, episode 312 on the Blue Warrior Network. I am your host, Tyler. Show my two guys, as always. Mr. Malcolm Hart here. Boys, how are we feeling? Game week, man. I'm excited. I want to get revenge on Carolina. They basically knocked us out of the playoffs last year. That's how I look at it. I don't know how other people look at it. They ran it down our throats. We have the number one run defense. I, I honestly want to fuck Bryce Young up. Nothing against Bryce Young, but I just want to like just destroy the Panthers. Revenge. Malcolm, what's up with you, bro? Woo! What is going on, guys? Yo, we are three and three and one now. This is that our record right now. Three and one, man. Uh, we got Carolina coming up. I'm feeling very good about this game, man. I'm 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 excited, man. I, I just like what I see right now from my Detroit Lions. I just want to get this ball, just keep this ball rolling, man. Let's go, bro. It's Wednesday, and the game from last one was almost obviously a week ago. And I, I feel like I'm still recovering from Green Bay because it was so electric over there. The fan base for the Lions were absolutely nuts in Green Bay, and the takeover at Lambeau Field was a like that was an experience, dude. Like I, I, there's no words to really put it. It was one hell of an experience, and um, you know, like I said, it's been almost a week already, and I, I feel like I'm already recovering, and I feel like now is like I'm finally ready to turn the book to the Carolina Panthers. That that celebration after the Green Bay game in Lambeau, I don't know, dude. It was it was fun, dude. It was so fun. So some people are calling it now Lamb Blue, but they don't call it Lambo, and they call it Lamb Blue because it was like all blue. They took I, over. It looked like a, it was like a home game. It was like the only thing that was odd was the the little G in the middle. It looked like it should have been a line in the middle. That was like the only thing that that was missing. Yeah, I don't, I don't I don't remember ever seeing a team putting out a statement after a Lions game saying uh, sorry uh, that we sold too many tickets to the Lions fans and yada yada yada. <laughs> like I never seen that before from a Detroit like a Detroit. Yeah, that's crazy. 
I mean, we were singing forward on the field. We, we got everything going out in, in Green Bay, man. The Let's Go Lions chance, it, it was absolutely electric. And I got to meet the man, the myth, the legend, Brad Holmes. That was, that was, that was a hell of an experience. Yeah, that's, I did see that. I was kind of jealous, but that was cool. It yeah, was me and Michael were jealous. It was so <laughs> random, dude. I, we were by the Lions Tunnel, me, my cousin, some buddies, and I just see Brad Holmes in the stadium. Like, let's freaking Brad Holmes. Let's just go up there, take a picture with him. And we went up there, took a picture with him, and yeah, and then he was cool about it. Then went down on the field after. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's that's a cool experience, man. Brad Holmes, the goat. I'm telling you, man. I mean, he's gonna eventually have a statue in four field, man. He's eventually gonna have one. Yeah, I've had that conversation. It's like when this team wins it, like who is going to be the one? I feel like it's going to just be all three. Dan Campbell, Brad Holmes, and even Jared Goff. And even Sheila. Uh, and Sheila, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah you got to give credit to the owner. Wait, wait, it is, wait. That's it. Yeah, Sheila, my bad. Yeah, yeah. you got to give credit to the owner too. Yeah. All right. Um, now going on to the Carolina Panthers. We got some big news on that victory Friday, though, that we didn't get to break down yet. And that is involving Jamison Williams. Everyone really was expecting Jamison Williams. Obviously, after the six games, we expected him to make his debut versus Baltimore. But the NFL changed their NFL gambling policy, and they actually now made an exception for JMO and two other players that they could return now as soon as this week. So we're going to get to see Jamison Williams this Sunday in Detroit versus the Carolina Panthers. I'm going to kick it off to you, Pierre. How big is this move for Jameis Williams and the Lions. It's big, Tyler. We talked about this on the show. They didn't really have that guy that defenses respect deep. When Jameis out there, you got to account for his speed. It's going to be more, even if he doesn't get the ball, more attention to him opens up the middle of the field for Laporta, St. Brown, you know, uh, Gibbs, whoever's working the middle of the field. And obviously, if he's one-on-one, I mean, I'm taking Jameis one-on-one against... I don't think a lot of guys could keep up with him. You know what I mean? If it's one-on-one, you throw that boy up and you hope he gets it. Yeah. So it's it's huge, man. He he, he adds, like, there's Khalif Raymond fast, and then there's, like, a Tyreek Hill type of fast. And that's how fast J-Mo is. He's really, really fast. He's a different animal in terms of speed. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how they use him, especially, like, in this game versus the Panthers. I, I expect this to – I mean, they already kind of came out with it. It's going to be an easy-in game for him. Like, obviously, you're not going to throw him out there for 60 snaps in this game. And, um, you know, he's not going to have, like, I don't think a big day where he gets, like, 10, 11 catches in a game. Like, I don't think you could expect that out of James Williams. But to get him back earlier, let him get used to this offense in week five rather than week seven – is significantly bigger. Now you have a longer season with Jamison Williams because it would be the same story just three weeks later with Jamis Williams. Like instead of week five, now we're talking about week seven return and he's got to be eased in. That's going to take a couple of weeks. Now you get a little head start to that. Um, and you're already three and one. It's just a huge addition to this offense. Even like Peter said, just his, his ability of being on the field, you have to respect when number nine is on the field. Even if he's not being a huge factor with getting, like I said, 10, 11 catches. And, you know, those days will come. Like, he's going to eventually be that guy. But as of right now, just his ability being on the field is huge for this offense. And um, having that respect that this that this offense really needed, it's just a cherry on top. You're already playing good football. You're already 3-1. and one. Now you got this good news that you're getting a former first round pick back to your offense who has a ton of potential. Um, It's obviously huge. So it's great to have JMO back and just can't wait to see him back, um, you know, in these next couple of weeks. And obviously he was recovering too from a hamstring injury from preseason. So, 
you know, it's just good to get him back at the facility because they couldn't even make contact with him with the coaching staff and, um, you know, he couldn't practice. So it's just nice to have him back on the field. Yeah, that whole suspension, the way they handle suspension is, I think they got to change that rule, that, that whole con- no, no contact with the, the, the team rule, because situation like this where, you know, he's recovering off injury, man, I, I'm pretty sure the team want to keep up with him and see how he's doing with rehab and all that stuff. So, I mean, having him early is, is definitely, a, uh, definitely a plus. And uh, from what I heard is that he's actually doing pretty good with his hamstring and he should be a good good to go i mean when when they're able to play but they are going to ease him in um i just this is like campbell said man i just want him to be available and just at the right place where where they need him so if we could do that for the rest of the year i think this team is gonna definitely um benefit from having him and then i don't know if you guys saw so i'm at ross st brown and his brother like have a little podcast they do with the 33rd team. I think it's called the St. Brown Bros or something like that. Yeah, and they very had, funny show. Very funny show. They had David Montgomery on today. Oh, they yeah, were talking about J-Mo. And they said, J-Mo, he looks good. He's practicing well. And J-Mo said he did two-a-days, meaning like he practiced twice a day with his trainer and trained. And he also caught 100 balls on the jug machine. He's like, do the math, 33 days, 3,300 balls. So, <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, that was a concern catching. But he put it in the work. Looks like he put in the work while he was off not off but you know while he was away from the team and hopefully that pays off the kid loves football like there's no doubt about that you could tell like he, he even got Dion cleats like when i play i'm prime time like i i want i want to be that guy like he has a lot of confidence which is nice to see in a young player you know a lot of guys like that typically when they don't play as well their careers go as well they, they kind of lack confidence this kid is full of confidence you guys should watch if you haven't watched his presser yesterday he had with the media check it out you'll enjoy it I'm just glad this is finally behind him, and now he's on the field. And now it's time for him. It's put up or shut up time now for James Williams. Now you got to shoot on the field. This is about you know past you. You recovered from your injury. You had the injury last year, obviously when we knew we drafted him with the torn ACL. Now it's put up or shut up time for James Williams. This is where we expect stuff now because let's be honest, like we haven't really seen much out of him outside of big catch versus the Vikings last year. Like that's really the only and, uh, yeah, like a little reverse. Um, it's really the only moment we got around, James yeah. so far. So like now it is put up or shut up time. You draft him in the first round. There's big expectations. Let's see what happens. And it starts to something for the Panthers. And Tyler, the way he was talking yesterday though, he goes like, like he's, he, he got primetime cleats, Dion cleats, like I'm primetime. Like he basically saying, you guys are about to see me go crazy this year. Yeah. So he's, it's nice to see now. He just has, like you said, now we're going to see it. You could talk it, but you gotta you gotta walk the talk too. Yeah, because let's be honest, James Williams right now has all been talk, not from his mouth, but like that's what you know. Right now, it's been all talks, so and now it's let's see it on the field. Let's see what he can do. Yeah, I'm really excited to see him, man. Yeah, hey, I mean, I, I, really I, like think it's, I think it's been expectations. I think that's what it is. I think it's just been expectations. I'm not sure it's much talk. This just says they just just expectations. Yeah, well, that, that that's what I mean by that. Yeah, expectations, talk, right. whatever you want to put. Yeah, so. All right, we got, also got some good news on this injury report. Julian Aquara was designated from IR to return, so he can return to practice, and the Lions now have a 21-day window to activate Julian Aquara off IR. So get another pass rusher who was very productive in the preseason. This is good. You know, I don't know if he's actually going to come back this Sunday versus the Panthers, but you could expect him to be back within the next – three games if it's this game or the Bucks game or even the uh who's the game after that the Baltimore, Ravens I believe. right yeah so the Ravens game yeah. so within that span you could expect to see Julian Aquara back you know not uh, a huge starter by any means but just good to have another pass rusher down especially 
third and long. You know, obviously we know Julian can get to the quarterback, so that's that's, that's good news for the Lions too, especially with Houston. Another, too. Yeah, another news. Uh, Emmanuel Mosley is also going to play this week, so. Yeah. That's according to Dan Campbell. Bearing obviously a setback, so that's exciting, man. We get to see our, you know, the corner that they paid six million to to, to finally play. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know he's gonna be not really have like a full a full go. You be like a, a, a snap count, right? Like, no. They yeah. said uh, they said they they're said, gonna rotate him and Jerry between it's like b- between series, series basically. Yeah, between yeah. series. Okay. Yeah. What's what's the chances of Julian um, playing? This week, you usually say like he was little. limited in practice today, so we don't know. I don't know if he plays or not. We'll find out Saturdays when they do their activations or whatever. Yeah, so, yeah. So we'll see. If I actually guess, the Lions are always cautious with injured players. If I had to guess, probably next week is more likely than this week. Okay, but we'll see. It's going to be interesting, too, to see what the Jameson was. I think the NFL gave the Lions a roster exemption for this week, but I think after this week, they're going to have to make a decision to how, how they're going to get Jameson Williams on this three-man roster. So it's going to be – we're going to have to see who's the odd man out. In that, they that do scenario. have one roster spot open, though. Right now, yeah. As of right now, they do. Yes, they okay. have – no, no. Even with the JMO exemption, they have a roster spot open. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. They still – there are 52 right now. Yeah, there are 52 players. So, yeah. so, they, don't, so they don't have to cut nobody. They could just add JMO. Yeah. If they add Julian, they're going to need to play someone IR or cut someone. Yeah, so there's going to be an odd man out. Yeah. We'll see. All right, so good news for the Lions of Jamison Williams and Julian Aquara. Let's take a quick break, and then we're going to talk about this injury report for both teams heading into Sunday. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. 
Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, guys, we are back now with the injury report. Let's start off with the Lions report. Malcolm, you want to go ahead and read off the Lions report? Yep. So with the Detroit Lions injury report, we have um, defensive back Brian Branch with an ankle injury. He did not practice today. Fullback Jason Kambenda with a knee injury. He did not practice today. Center Frank Ragnow, he is a resting player. Um, he didn't practice. He has a toe injury, but he's using – he has a rest day. Um, he was not – didn't practice today. Uh, wide receiver Amaral St. Brown with a Donovan injury. Um, he did not practice. And then Taylor Decker with an ankle injury. He was limited. Safety Kirby Joseph with a hip injury. He was limited today. Cornerback um, Emmanuel Mosley, uh, he has a knee and hamstring. He was limited today. Um, linebacker Julian Okora with a shoulder injury. He was limited. Wide receiver Josh Reynolds with a groin injury. He was limited. And guard Halapute Vitae with a knee injury was limited. And then we have Jameson Williams. You know, I, did, I guess they have to list him on the injury report. But um, it was a full goal. It was a full goal today at practice. Even though today was a uh, it looked like there was a, uh, a walkthrough that they did. No, they, they practiced yesterday because they had a long week off. So they practiced, yeah, they didn't practice, but they practiced today. That was their estimation. This is basically right. yesterday's injury report, kind of. Uh, yes, so this is yesterday's injury report. It's today's, but it's it's like same as yesterday's. Yes, well, people not confused because I don't know when this is going to be released. Wednesday, this is Wednesday's injury report, but this is really Tuesday's injury report. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, mm-hmm. like they said they estimated Wednesdays because they didn't practice. Um, yeah. With Jameson Williams, they have to put it because he's got – he was suspended, so he has to be under. It says non-injury related, so he's healthy. Yeah. He's not the hamstring. They just had to put it by NFL rules. Got you. Yeah. So he'll be good. He'll be out there. He'll be out there versus Panthers. All right, Pierre. What's the Panthers looking like? Yeah, Justin Houston. Oh my gosh, this guy's. I remember him with the Chiefs. That's all right. Whatever. <laughs> Justin Houston resting, no practice. Xavier with safety, hamstring, no practice. Uh, linebacker Clarden shareless ankle didn't practice or was limited Austin Corbett who they activated like who I'm sorry they designated to return from IR was limited with a knee we'll see if he gets activated a cornerback Dante Jackson was a shoulder was limited linebacker Frank Louvre with a hip was limited tight end Giovanni Ritchie with a shoulder was limited running back Miles Sanders with a groin was limited tight end Steven Sullivan with a hip was limited and defensive end Deshaun Williams with an elbow was limited wow yeah, I mean, that's not even the full story with the Panthers. We're going to get into a conversation with Jonathan Stewart. I mean, he's going to probably break down the depth that they're having right now on issue because they just have a lot of guys on IR in their own line and, um, you know, in their secondary with J.C. Horn is out. Like, they're dealing with a lot of injuries in Carolina right now. All right. Let's get into that Jonathan Stewart interview because we're about to, he's about to hop on this call with us, and we're going to break down this Panthers a little bit more, and then I'll see you guys at the end of the show. What is going on, guys? We have Jonathan Stewart from the Believe In Network, from the Believe In Panthers podcast. What's up, Jonathan, man? How you doing? Doing good, man. How are you guys? Good, good. Thanks for coming on, man, and helping us break down the Panthers this week because, obviously, big game for the Lions this week, coming off a huge victory in Lambeau Field. But let's talk about your Panthers really quickly. So, obviously, not the ideal start right now. You guys are 0-4 right now. What have you seen these first four weeks from your team? Um, I mean, it's definitely been a struggle, right? Um, and, and to be honest, I feel like, you know, 
the excitement, you know, the new coaching staff, everything on paper, um, number one draft pick, um, you know, it, it's a, you know, for, for the fans here in Charlotte, everybody, you know, was definitely looking forward to come out of the gloomy days that they were in, you know, under Matt Rule and just everything that kind of took place even last year. Um, and so I think the expectations are being settled, you know what I'm saying, as far as what to expect out of a team that has a new coaching staff, a brand new quarterback. I mean, you pretty much have guys in a locker room under leadership for the very first time and you, and they've played four games, you know what I'm saying? So everyone's kind of, you know, losing their mind, but whenever you get a new coaching staff, especially when you have a number one draft pick at quarterback, um, you have to hit the reset button. I don't care who you are. And sometimes that reset button pans out for people. Right. Maybe that reset button means, oh, we're going 12 and 12 and five this year. Right. And sometimes that means you're going five and 12. Um, and so especially with the situation we have with injuries, you know, offensive line right now, our depth, you know, out the gate, you know, Skylar Callahan on our um, podcast set it out the gate um, since March. We're going to have depth issues. And me being a guy that's played ball, I straight up ignored him. And I said, nah, ain't no such thing. They got to find a way. Second string, they got to find a way. And that's because I'm talking from a football locker room guy, right? Like, hey, next man up mentality. I don't care if you're the third string. We need the best out of you. You are getting paid to play, and we expect you to prepare like a starter. Um, And the reality is, is that... Third string is third string for a reason. Second string is second string for a reason. And we're we're experiencing those things with our um with our with our uh depth right now. So it's one of those things where you just got you have to, you know, weather the storm. So are you guys like I know you're talking a lot about the backups right now. Are you guys injured or like in the, just some key positions where a lot of the like the third strings and Second string, third string are, are coming to the game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, we've lost two offensive linemen. Um, our guards right now are are where our struggle is, right? So when you have you know your two starting guards um, out of the game and not being able to, um, you know, really measure up to you know, a defensive line such as the Lions right now, like you guys are clicking on all cylinders over there, which is going to be one of the pivotal pieces of why, you know, we're going to have to bring our A game, right? Um, You have a defensive line that, you know, is effective at getting to the quarterback. They're licking their chops coming into this game, right? Especially coming off of last year. If there's anybody on that squad from last year that played the Carolina Panthers, they're going to look at this game as, oh, we owe them. As a matter of fact, I think one of the players had a quote in the sense of saying, oh, we owe them one. And so this is a game where we're going to, you know, an environment where um, 
you know, depth is going to be an issue for us. Um, I don't really think everybody has this, you know, talk right now about Bryce Young and comparing him to all the other quarterbacks right now. Like Bryce has made made his his statement. Like he's made throws, he's made plays, the plays that have been there. Right? Um, you can't as a, as an offense. It's hard to move down the field throwing the ball when you don't have time for things to to, to develop. Right. You got to wait for things to develop for those long, deep shots um, down the field. Um, and he hasn't had the chance to do that. Um, you know, our running game has been struggling. Um, and so it's just a matter of time for when these guys figure out how to click as a unit. You know what I'm saying? Like, the, the, and it goes back to depth. <laughs> you know, the guys that weren't expecting to be in the position that they're in right now. Um, it throws anybody for a loop, especially four games into the season. Yeah, I mean, you know, the similar situation. Um, when I look at Bryce Young, I, I look at Tua's rookie year. You know, Tua's rookie year, he was he had um, trouble with his offensive linemen as well, and barely yeah. had time. And then we saw that situation. But you know, once he gets some offensive linemen, man, things things could definitely change for you guys. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, and we got the line. It's just a depth issue, and it's a experience issue. It's hey, rise to the occasion issue. Like you got to figure out how to look within yourself and, and find that inner dog. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, question for you. So, what would you say like your biggest strength is? Personally, like for me, I think it's your D line. You got Burns. You got Derek Brown. Those guys are dogs up there, but. What would you say is like the biggest strength and biggest weakness of its of the team? Of the team completely? Yeah, like other than the O line. You talked about the O line, like other <laughs> yeah. than that. Yeah, yeah. Um I would say, you know, our biggest strength is obviously the defensive line. Um, um but I I would I would go and say the way we played Jeremy Chin last week, having him in the box, I think if we do a little bit more of that. Um, that can easily turn into, you know, a staple for us. Um, you know, we have injuries in our secondary. And so they switched some some things up yes, last week um, to supplement for that, right? So, and it was effective. I liked seeing him in the box. I liked seeing him active around the ball, getting to the quarterback, um, making plays. You got to, I think at the end of the day, we're, if you look at the games we played, as bad as it's been, it's not like we out here just getting blown out by teams, right? Third quarter, first to fourth quarter, like, worse, we have an opportunity to make some strides. It's just there's something there that we're not doing, um, such as making the big plays. Um, we had a big play on defense with um, Franklin um, getting the interception, j- jumping on the ball, taking it to the house. That was a huge play for us. Um more of those types of things, especially when you're trying to figure things out as an offensive unit, you know, first time, you know, um, team element togetherness, like four first four games of the season of your head coach's tenure as a Carolina Panther. Um, you need big plays to happen and we got to have those in offense. Um, but going to an- Finishing your answering your question, the strength I think could be, um, you know, Jeremy Chin being lined up in the box and being freelancer, and then weakness. I can't. 
can't say nothing besides protection. <laughs> it's got to happen in the tre- trenches. Wouldn't you um, like also, uh, sorry, no, wouldn't you also say like wide receiver potentially could be a weakness because there was like a report. I mean, I don't know how true this report is, but it came from people like the Panthers are looking to add a wide receiver one. Like as far as like a weakness, like you can finger point all you want. Yeah, there's guys dropping balls, you know what I'm saying? Because Bryce is putting them put them in good positions to make catches, right? Especially yeah. last game. But drop catches are gonna happen to anybody. Like right. you can have Travis Travis Kelsey is gonna drop balls. I mean, Patrick Mahomes had a bad game last week, but was it that bad? He played quarterback. He quarterbacked the game. He managed the game. He won the game. Right. right. So it's 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 I, I don't necessarily want to jump the gun and finger point at, like like every position. I know as a group, like protection comes first. Right. Absolutely. And then and then we can start looking at all the other things. Right. Um and I and and as far as a number one receiver, yeah, everybody wants a number one receiver, right? But you look at Cam, Cam, Cam. When we were playing, like, did we have a number one receiver? Ted like Ginn? Ted Ginn, like Ted Ginn was our guy. Yeah, like, he was. like a lot of people weren't taking Ted Ginn, right? But right, Ted Ginn in our offense with our protection, with the things we were doing on our offense and our element. Like Ted Ginn balled out for us, you know what I'm saying? And, yeah. and at the end of the day, like people were like, "Dang, we missed out on Ted Ginn," <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like those are the types of players that you need to have. Ted Ginn, at the end of the day, whatever you think about him, he was a dog. Period. So you need dogs on your team. Yeah. So you can go get a number one guy, but like, is he a dog? Is he gonna come in here and like, you know, no matter what, like ball out? That's what Adam Thielen's doing. I like Adam Thielen. Yeah, like I'll, I'll take him as my number one because at the end of the day, he's a dog, and everybody else should replicate what he's doing. One hundred percent, man. Ted, speaking of Ted Ginn, man, I, I ran to him tons of times because I live in I live in South Florida, so you know he's he's played for the Dolphins. So while he was here in Miami, I ran to Ted Ginn tons of times. Definitely a cool guy. Um, but yeah. I, gotta, I, I have a, definitely have a question for you, man. I know that you are um, the Carolina Panthers' all time leading rusher. So <laughs> congrats to you on that, man. But um, speaking on our running back situation, Jameer Gibbs. I know I'm not sure if you hear the talk of you know using him enough and yada yada yada. You, you see how the media is talking about the, the usage of Jameer Gibbs. I know you played, you know, you all time leader rusher. You played running back. How do you how do you see that situation with Detroit? Just looking at our situation and how they're using Jameer Gibbs. Do you think they're using him the correct way and easing him in or should they should they just un- unload him and, and give him 20, 30 carries? <laughs> I think you know David Montgomery proved why he should be a number one guy last week, right? I mean, he's proven, right? He's been in Chicago, and I've always liked David Montgomery. You know, when he was in Chicago, I always thought to myself, man, if he played on a different offense, he'd be nice. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because he's back there breaking tackles before he get the ball. And, you know, a guy that's scrappy, right? Again, the word dog. I'm pretty sure somebody out there in the podcast industry uses that word dog, but like, um, but like he's, he's, he's proven. So out the gate, like you're going to go with that guy. And I think Jameer Gibbs is a great talent. And I think he's going to be like, you know, maybe a generational talent. Right. 
given the opportunity. So it's up to the offensive, you know, coordinator and head coach to implement him the right way. And to answer your question, I don't think they're implementing him the right way. We definitely should see more of him um, putting him in the space, you know, putting the ball in his hands regardless of if he's getting carries, you know, receptions. He's a guy that knows how to run the ball. And those are the guys that can make people miss and take things to the house. And so um, that's, you know, to answer your question, they're not really implementing him the best in, in the best way. But I do, I do think that, you know, there's nothing wrong with wrong with David Montgomery either. 100%. Thanks. Thanks, man. Yeah, um, Jonathan, obviously you've been a part of some winning teams. You were part of a 15-1 season in 2015, went to a Super Bowl. Obviously, Lions fans are not used to the winning yet, right? And, you know, we're seeing some winning in this first month right now. What have you seen this from this team to maybe finally get them that conversation to maybe potentially put them in the Super Bowl? What are they doing right? Um, you know, right now, you know, your head coach, he's a player's coach. Um, and he knows how to get guys going. He's respected, um, you know, and he goes around, he goes about, you know, he goes about his business the right way, which is respecting men and leading men um, and and challenging them, right? So leadership-wise, you got everything that you can ask for. Um, as far as, you know, success, you know, you just got to take it legitimately one game at a time. I remember, our, you know, the year we went 15-1, and one, like we kept we kept saying this, you know, saying 7-0, and 8-0. Oh, and, oh. and, yeah, you might think to yourself, like, oh, you're getting ahead of yourself. But really it was just adding one more game, right? Let's add one more game to that 8-0. and oh. Let's make it 9-0. and oh. Next week is going to be 10-0. and oh. You got to take it one game, one week at a time. Um, and you got to block out the noise. Like, if, if I'm a player, I'm not listening to podcasts. I'm not listening to, you know, Tyler talk about the Lions. <laughs> I'm not listening. I'm not chiming in on Twitter. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'll make, if I'm doing, you know, some, some branding posting or whatever, I'm posting it and I'm leaving it as is. You know what I'm saying? Um, because that can get in your head um, in a negative way. And hold you back from the success that's ahead. So, um, you know, and just and just lean on each other, man. Like, have fun, um, and, and just realize that you know you're starting something really nice, um, and you don't want that thing to slip and, and miss out miss out on something special. All right, you guys got anything else to add, or is that it? That on my end, that's it, man. Okay. All right. All right. Guys. All right, Appreciate John. Y'all, man. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, good luck this week and good luck the rest of the season and good luck with the podcast, man. Appreciate you. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Yeah, thanks, thanks man. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Thanks, Jonathan. Hope you guys all enjoyed that. Jonathan Stewart is great from the Believe In Network. Um, what did you guys pick up from that interview? It was just cool seeing like a player's um, – how do I say? Like a player's viewpoint versus like a Vance. You know, he's had like next man up, and that's kind of how players think. But then like you have to look at the reality of it is like, well, we have like a third string guy here and we have this guy here and, you know, our quarterback is not being protected. It's 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 kind of just cool to see like the way the players think, though. Yeah. And he called me out. said uh, Lions, Lions push. <laughs> they called you out during the week. So I, I got called out from him, too. 
Yeah, that's pretty cool, man. Um, you know, you know, with me, what I took from the interview, man, is that you know, I guess the way that he thought how to use Gibbs, and uh, you know, I kind, I kind of agree exactly where he's coming from because I think they, they should involve him as far as getting him more touches, not necessarily, um, running like as, as far as like carries. But having him on the field and um, finding ways to get him out in space, and I think that Ben Johnson is eventually going to do that. But it was just, it was interesting to see his, his his point of view on that. Yeah, it was. Yeah, um, and I think when you look at this game plan specifically versus the Panthers, you know they're not a great team right now. You know they're they're, they're going through as like Stewart said, new coaching staff, brand new quarterback. Like they're they're going there right now. Um, I think this is a game where you could. Try some new stuff out there. Like if you want to get Gibbs more involved, Monty involved. I mean, they have a tough time stopping the run. So it's going to be interesting to see how they they get Gibbs involved. But the way I look at it, man, if it ain't broken, don't fix it. Like if if, if it's working with David Montgomery, don't fix it. Like I, I think sometimes we get caught up too much with the draft position of where these guys are drafted. Guys, at the end of the day, what I want are wins. I want wins in the win column. I don't care if it's my grandma running the ball, David Montgomery, or Jameer Gibbs. You said your grandma? If my grandma's the most productive one on the backfields, my grandma's the most productive on the backfield. <laughs> okay. That's obviously not the case. But if it was the case, I'm not mad at it. Like, I want whoever is the best option out there. No, and I that's see not, what you're saying. And that's not to say that Jameer Gibbs is not going to be that guy eventually. But if Montgomery's working right now and ain't broken – I don't, I don't understand the complaints. The, it's not a complaint, Tyler. It's like if it ain't, it's also like we know Montgomery's a good runner, but we also know that Gibbs an explosive player. Maybe let's try to get him out in space a little more. And that's yeah. fair. I mean, it's it's four weeks into his career. I think For they sure. are going to do that. And I do know, too. You know, I think this is like I said. I think it's a game you could do that a little bit more. They have a tough time stopping the run. Maybe you get him more involved in the passing game. Maybe even now with Jameson Williams on the field. Like there's less attention toward Gibbs now. Like you could use that. You could use that as a as a factor to your offense now that you have more pieces on offense. Yeah, uh, you know what I think it is. I, I think it's the, the the people who don't really watch a lot of like they don't watch all the games and they just look at the numbers. So if you look at the numbers, you're seeing David Montgomery. Okay, he averaged three point eight yards per carry. Then you're seeing Jameer Gibbs averaging four four point five yards or four point you can say four point six yards per carry, then you're like if you're outside looking in, don't really watch the game, you're like, well, what the hell's going on here? How come he's not getting bulk of the carries if he's averaging way more he's averaging more than the other guy. But that's not the case. I think um David Montgomery as far as running the ball, he has more experience. He's definitely the the more experienced back. You see it the way he runs the ball. You know, he's able to be more patient, um fighting the lanes and and making you know, just doing the veteran stuff uh, as a veteran running back would do. So I see why the Lions are, as far as running the ball, are trusting David Montgomery over Jameer Gibbs right now. Um, but I guess where I'm getting to is, you know, we should probably still see more Jameer Gibbs on the field. That's fair. Like, as far as if you're not going to use him as far as a running back, Line him up, line him up as as, as, your, as your, your your wide receiver. You know your your Y, and then or or have him as your X, and then have him as your, as your slot, and then maybe do an end around with him, or just have him lined up as a receiver or something. Um, get him out, just get him, get him out on the field. I, I guess that's where a lot of people are, are coming from and seeing that. Um, but the thing is, at the end of the day, I, like, I, I it's, this doesn't define him. 
You know, you're we're gonna see Jameer Gibbs a lot in the future going forward. I guess uh, we're just kind of just impatient. We just want to we want to see more, but this is gonna be you gotta you gotta be patient and see what happens. I'm gonna be honest. I personally don't have a problem with it, but I see where like people like kind of have an issue with it. But if you guys watched Austin Eckler, who's like a similar skill set to Gibbs, like he's that dynamic receiver. He can run the ball. You know, um, he had a podcast. He was on a pod. He was talking about basically like why the Lions are going to Montgomery. And he break down a little of Gibbs. film. he said Gibbs is still having those these rookie growing pains. You know, um, he's he's kind of like not being the most patient runner. Sometimes he's just hitting the hole right away and that's hurting him a little. He said it, but with experience, it'll it'll come. And he said he has played good, obviously, but he's still a rookie and he's having these rookie growing pains. And that's kind of what Dan Campbell, Ben Johnson, said. as he gets more comfortable, he'll be playing more. More comfortable means like as he learns more, as he gets more accumulated to the game, kind of game slows down a little bit for him. Maybe, you know, it's not college. Um, so we, we've already seen that on this offense with Sam Laporta, like week one looked like, you know, he wasn't he was all right. He's right. It, it wasn't great. But like week two, one, there were some injuries and he had to, someone had to step up 87. That was the one who stepped up and, Ever since then, these last three weeks, he's been a, a very big factor of this offense. And you see Goff get more comfortable with him. And I think the same thing is going to happen with Gibbs. I think the same thing with James Williams, too. Like, everyone's always yeah. concerned about J-Mo, like, in his connection with Goff. It takes time. You know, it takes time to get that connection. And once he gets more comfortable with these guys and you could deploy him more, like you guys said, as receivers and get him more creative ways to get him involved, I, I, it's going to click eventually for Gibbs. Yeah, I, I, I personally have zero complaints on how they're using him as far as running the ball. And the amount of carries he's getting, I think that's the correct amount of carries. I think David Montgomery should get the bulk of the carries because he's a more experienced running back. Um, my just my thing is just get him out, get him, get him, get him on the field, right about the yeah. receiver. I remember as a receiver, you know, man, get some mismatches out there. I know Ben Johnson's a very creative OC, and he could definitely do it. So, why hasn't he done it as much? Yeah, I mean, because coming in, I mean, I'm pretty sure we all expected to see more from Gibbs. I mean, yeah, that's fair. Be, on, be honest. So like, we thought they were to use him like similar to uh, Alvin Kamara, you know, but he just hasn't been out on the field. So that's so that you guys look at this game versus the Panthers. What is like the, the game plan? Anything you guys cool. think they have to come into? Like, what should they do on offense? David, McGurry, David McGurry gets 30 something carries. I mean, you look, you look at the, the Panthers defense, I don't think they're necessarily good in – I mean, the numbers say they're good in pass defense, but I think they got weaknesses at corner, and I think you could run it down their throats like Malcolm said. Um, Panthers are not a good team, guys. The Panthers are – where are they right here? They are tr- they are 27th against the run, allowing 136.3 yards per game. They are 25th in points allowed with 25.5 um, you could honestly just run it down their throats and get the play action game going. And they've played some like lackluster offenses throughout the season so far. Like they played the Falcons week one. They played um, who they play week two? I know Seattle week three and the Minnesota last week. And we oh week two was the Saints. So I mean like. <laughs> You know, it hasn't been the the most competition these first for, these first four weeks. Like you know, they've been whatever, right? And um, you know, they've been close games for the most part, but like they they just yeah, the, their defense has struggled. And um, obviously, too, I don't think the I mean the Lions the last two weeks haven't played the best off, but the first two weeks they played you know they played Mahomes and they played Seattle's high high powered offense. So 
You know, I think this is the Lions want revenge, bro. Last year, what they did to them was embarrassing. I mean, they I think they had 300 rushing yards on us. You don't think AG is probably showing them this, but you look what happened last year. Like the same us, we're gonna go and kill them this week. Yeah. That's their mindset. They think like that's how Campbell thinks. Like versus Seattle, they were talking about revenge, right? Obviously, it didn't happen, but but they were preaching that. They're like, we got to beat them. Like th- yeah. this is their chance to get a revenge, you know. And what a better way to do it at home? Got the crowd going nuts. Start potentially be four and one. I mean, the Lions started as eight and a half point favorites. Now they're ten point favorites. <laughs> so even Vegas is betting. Like people are betting on the Lions. Only only difference between this and Seattle is, I would say, is as far as coming into the game is <laughs> at least Seattle had pretty much the same team as last year. Very similar. No, this, right. Yeah. This Panthers team is Absolutely like completely different. different. You know, it's a different coaching staff, different quarterback. There's not even Dante Foreman who ran down your throat in this game anymore. I mean, there's Chuba, but like, this is a, this is a, like a completely different Panthers team than you played last year. And you look at their receivers. We know their receivers. DJ Chark was with the Lions last year. Adam Thielen, we've seen him. Um, I, they got the rookie. Um, what's his name, bro? That rookie wide receiver out of Ole Miss. Uh, Mingo, Jonathan Mingo. Thank you, Jonathan Mingo. Yeah, he's he's. I liked him coming out, but he's. It's been a little slow for him to get going. It's been kind of hard for him to get going. And then they're not protecting Bryce Young. They have one of the worst O lines in the league. Um, just I'll give you an example here. Chandler Zavala, their starting left guard right now, has given up twenty eight pressures. Twenty eight. That's a lot, bro. Pressures. I think that's more pressures than Hutch has. Yeah. Like, just think about that. Hutches has yeah. 27 pressures. He's given up 28. Wow. You know, Man, so. Games. Was it four games? Five games? Four games. Four games. Yeah, I mean, you know. Uh, he's, a rookie, he's, <laughs> <laughs> he's a rookie. But yeah, even like I, their left tackle, they took him in the first round last year. Iki Aquanu. You guys liked him, right? He has nine pressures, two sacks, and seven penalties. Seven. Oh, he's competing with Jawan Taylor, huh? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, you know, like, their O-line is not good. Um, their receivers, they're, you want to say serviceable? They're solid vets. I, I don't know what you want to call them, but they yeah, don't, like, really have that no, guy not that a true number defense. One, uh, their tight ends, I mean, they don't really got – they're not an offense that scares you. You know, they don't have the Christian McCaffrey they used to have. They don't have okay. – they don't have the DJ Moore. They just don't have those guys. They yeah. don't. They don't scare you. You should. We, we always we always talk about like guys you circle, and when you look I at the Panthers team on the offense, I don't think there's anybody. Bryce Young, like he's the quarterback, right? But he's still like that's what I'm saying. You don't really circle anyone. I mean, the closest the closest guy you'll circle will probably be Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen and maybe DJ Chark's speed, but the Lions know like DJ Chark inside and out. They know his strengths. They know his weaknesses. They know what he, you know what I mean? So they know Adam Peelan too. They played him like a lot. They know them. It's not like, yeah. so it's not, I don't think you look at Adam Peelan and be like, oh, Adam Peelan scares me. You just be like, well, you know, we got to, he's their probably number one target. We got to stop him. Yeah. What, what I think will be a key to this game is if I think the status of Brian Branch. I know he's on the injury report now. If Brian Branch is able to go, I'm pretty sure he's going to be the guy that's going to be lined up in front of Adam Thielen. Um, But if not, now we're talking about Will Harris. Yeah, that could be a liability. <laughs> uh, was that was that one year? I think Will Harris actually played well against Steel. I forgot what year it was, though. Oh, it was. Do, do you guys think they can get creative here if Branch can't give it a go and maybe move Jerry nope. inside and have nope. E-Man on the outside? Nope. 
I don't see no, it. No, I think I think what they want to do is they want to rotate the way Campbell said they want to rotate Mosley and Jacobs in between series like series. So um you know, maybe if they need like I think they're honestly gonna play more zone than man the man this week, just because I mean, these guys, you know, just kind of force them to pass it. Stack the box, stop the run, and force them to pass it. Kind of what they did in Green Bay. They stacked the box, they forced them to pass it, and Jordan Love couldn't pass it. Yeah. Same in Atlanta. They stacked the box. They told Ritter, we dare you to pass it. Ritter couldn't pass it. Yeah, the the impressive thing with Green Bay, too, what they did defensively was that they didn't even blitz, like, hardly yeah, ever in that game. They did and, not. Um, they barely blitzed. They were getting pressure. I mean, Green Bay was banged up on their all-line, too. Their whole left side was out. And um, they, they were still able to get pressure. And, you know, you talk about this weakness here in Carolina. Like, it's arguably worse than what you just played last week, last Thursday in Green Bay. Well, yeah. as, a, as, as a five, at least. And yeah. your D-line's healthy. And they've played very effective outside of one game this year, in my opinion. Outside of that Seattle game, this D-line has been very, very good. And it's not even just Aiden Hutchinson. Like Aiden Hutchinson's the leading factor in this defense, or in this D-line, I should say. But you mm-hmm. have guys like Aleem McNeil. You have guys like John Kaminsky. You have guys like uh, Derek Barnes. They have Bugs. Like, all these guys are stepping up as far as your pass rush, and they're making a huge impact against the quarterback. Charles Harris, I thought, played well last week, too. Even yeah, even, even Jack Campbell, man. They have Jack Campbell out there that has an edge sometimes, man. He's, he's, they have he's Barnes, really too. Barnes, yeah, Barnes and Campbell. They, they're, they're rotating both of those guys out there. But the interesting thing with this team, and what a lot of people don't really understand, is that when you're able to put, get pressure on the quarter, that type of pressure on the quarterback by just setting your front four, and you can drop seven in the coverage, it really, really helps your defense. You're not saying that extra guy to blitz the quarterback to um, – you know, to to take away actually a, a zone guy, but now you have seven guys in coverage, and you're putting just as much pressure as you're setting five or six guys, and that's that's really benefiting Detroit these last few games. And able to stop the run too. They they're stopping the run with the front four. <laughs> you know, the front four is getting there, and then then you know you have your linebackers are cleaning up, and 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 you have your you know your your, your nickel cornerback also making big plays. So yeah, Detroit's really doing a really great job so far, and. This game is not favoring the Carolina Panthers at all, but I don't want to get overconfident because I got overconfident right. last year. The NFL, um, it's the NFL exactly. We saw, you know, the Arizona Cardinals beat the Dallas Cowboys. You know, so I, I think we shouldn't get too overconfident because this NFL is any given Sunday type type league. But it's just we look at look at the rosters and look at the situation. It just doesn't favor Carolina much at all. I mean, I mean, you look at Carolina's biggest strength, it's their D-line, right? And what's the Lions' biggest strength? It's their O-line. You know, like, after that, I feel like the Lions have the advantage everywhere. I don't think Carolina matches well against Detroit. You know, that that's a good point. It's like, obviously, you don't want to take anything for granted. It's the NFL. These guys for are sure. all professionals. You guys are right on that, right in the money. But, like, Pierre's right, too. It's like, what – what are they going to do though? Like, to, yeah, no, I mean, they're, like they're, they're not running the ball well, and we're stopping the run very well. Pierre says their D lines their biggest factor, which I agree with. But our O lines arguably our biggest factor on our team too. I mean, like I just don't know what they what they do to like steal a game here. Like I I don't know what the game plan would even be to like to like fool Detroit. This like, is how they win. If the Lions hurt themselves with penalties and turnovers, and we've seen that happen before, yeah, like, and that's, I think and, the Seattle that's game, they can't, the Lions they can't, they can't control that though. Like that's they can't control like, that, right? That's, that's how I think that's how the Lions would lose game if they did self-inflicted wounds. 
Yeah, and that's but idea. Lately, yeah, but lately, you know, they've played disciplined football. They they've they've forced some turnovers. They've gone to the quarterback. I mean, they've made the last two quarterbacks' life hell, literally hell. And I think Bryce Young is in. He's in for that. Yeah, it's, does it does it help Bryce Young being a rookie quarterback? Um, because when you watch Bryce Young, it, it's tough for him right now. Because now, right now, like he, he's able to make some good throws. You, you'll see some throws like, oh wow, like yeah, it's Bryce Young. But then you're like, okay, that's that's that he, he kind of looks like a rookie, or or maybe that defense kind of kind of confused him. Um, and yeah, I just don't. I, I, I just don't see a, a scenario where, where they could like where, where they get going, where they could get going because they're playing against a top a top defense right now in the league right now. Um, they're playing against probably a, a team offensively, the probably the the most balanced team in the NFL in my opinion. Um, because these lines can do whatever they want to do. They're not just one dimensional. Um, they can run it down your throat. They can pass, and I just I just I just don't see it. Only thing maybe, and these last two teams haven't done it, and they could have maybe done a little bit more, is and the, the Panthers haven't done this this year either. Is maybe get your quarterback's legs involved a little bit more, get Bryce's legs more involved. That's I mean, the only not, thing I can think of, man. Bryce is not really. I mean, he could move like he could, he could but he's he not. He, he's he not could. like Jordan Love or like just. He doesn't have that kind of athleticism. He's not like. He's not like uh, Justin yeah. Fields. He's not like Geno Smith is a better. He's not, he's not like Justin Fields, but I think yeah. he could. He he's. I think as far as athleticism, he's faster than Patrick Mahomes. I mean that's yeah. Patrick Mahomes ran a four eight. <laughs> I guarantee you, yeah, put I mean, Bryce Young in a forty. I, don't, I, don't I guarantee you, put Bryce Young in a forty. I'm pretty sure he can run faster than a four eight. Yeah, I mean, like I just think of that Seattle game last year where we couldn't stop Geno's legs. And he's not necessarily a mobile quarterback either. Like he can move, but like he's not necessarily known as a. But mobile Gino, player. I think moves better than. Anyways, like Bryce too. I think the thing is with him, if he gets like the hit, you know, he's a smaller guy, and we've actually yeah. saw him miss some time with. Was it a concussion? Who? What do you have? He was no, one, the one game he missed. For, he missed the Seattle game. Actually, was it at a concussion? I don't know what the injury was. Honestly, I'm not gonna lie yeah, to you. But yeah, we don't, don't know what it was. Injuries. I forgot what it was, but. You know, he's a smaller guy. You don't want him to take hits. You know, when you run, you're more vulnerable to get smacked. I, I that, think and I think Detroit are they're, they're doing a good job taking that away because absolutely. I was shocked. I was shocked that um that Ritter didn't take advantage of that. He didn't do it. I mean he tried. He tried, I think, one play that he saw Alex as alone and then he just said no more. <laughs> Brian <laughs> he said, I'm, right he said, too, I'm yeah. not doing that no more. Yeah, I mean that's the only thing I could think of. Um I mean Love had that one touchdown last week where he got he ran it right down the middle. But yeah, I'm with you guys. I don't really see like a game plan where the Panthers could could really fool the Lions here. It's just I mean, we talk about it like you need talent at the end of the day. And this is nothing against the Panthers. They're they're just they're rebuilding right now. Like, you know, you got a new coach, new quarterback, like it's it's just a tough matchup. And you're going to their home too when they're hot. And extra rest too. Like they can't they played a Thursday night game, so they have extra rest too. Yeah. Detroit. Do. I mean, you you're getting even healthier. Like you you're potentially gonna have all five offensive linemen out there for Detroit this week with Vitai looking like he might be back out there. You're getting Jameson Williams back out there in your offense. Um I mean, Emmanuel Mosley's coming back. That's huge. Like, the Lions are not really missing any crucial players this game. Um, um, so. I'll say this, though. The one games that if they were to miss, if Brian Branch and Amon Ra were to miss, 
we don't know if they'll, they'll like we'll see how they progress it would probably be this game like you wouldn't be like oh we don't have alan rod brian branch we're gonna lose like it's not that type of game and i think honestly in general this year is not we're not really gonna think like that because they have depth you know yeah i mean it's a one week one week at a league time right yeah, for but, sure but like but yeah you're right miss this week like this this is probably like i mean i don't want to sound like bad but it'd be like the best week for them to miss when you look at the it's, schedule it sounds it sounds terrible because that's how teams you think about us <laughs> yeah they used to yeah but now we're like hey like you don't really need st brown against the panthers and it, it is arguably the worst matchup you have this year when you look on paper. I think, like, maybe outside the Bears. No, uh, yeah, I'll just say the Bears are pretty bad. Outside the outside I mean, Chicago. Yeah, those, those, those are, like, divisional games. Those You never know what those, you know? Yeah, and my, like, it's bad when you're closer to Chicago than you're closer to Detroit. I think, I think, I think we play, I think we play uh, Let's Ride, too. We yeah, we do up. play the Broncos. Oh. It's, it, but it's bad when you're compared to those teams and, like, when you're compared to even, like, I don't know, like an average team, like, I don't know any team out there, honestly, the Rams. Yeah. I, th- so, I, think the, I think the Panthers are closer to the Bears and Broncos than they're to the Rams. No, I mean, they had, like, these power rankings. I think they were, like, 31 or 32, something like that. We'll, we'll see. The NFL, they had like Panthers. these power yeah, rankings. Yeah, the Panthers, the Panthers were the NFL power rankings. If they're not 32, they're 31 or the 30. No, like, 32, 32 was the Bears. Which is deservedly so. I think 31 was the Panthers, I think. It's either the Panthers or Denver. Yeah. <laughs> so like, yeah, I mean, look, like they, they don't really have like high-end talent on offense. You know, defensively, though, there's two guys you have to account for, two guys you circle, maybe three guys. Jeremy Chin, he's, he's like an upcoming player. He's a good player, athletic. And then the two guys up front, Derek Brown and Brian Burns, those guys you circle. We are talking about who you circle. 100%. Those two guys you circle. I think after that, it's kind of like, you know, I mean, I don't want to sound like. <laughs> you don't want to get too cocky because you don't want to fire back. He, <laughs> like Justin like Houston, like that guy's like 80 years old. I mean, yeah, but you know what? I think they're secondary. I mean, I don't really know the guys there right now. I know they're secondary. I'll be off to you right now. It's Dante but Jackson. Who Dante Jackson? Is he, is he is he still is he healthy right now? Is he still playing? He's on the he was on the tour, but he's given up eighteen point four yards per reception and one twenty five point one passer rating when targeted. Right. Well, I, I, all I know is that they played Kirk Cousins pretty solid last weekend. I know the Vikings is a is a really as far as passing the ball, they're they're a pretty solid team passing the ball. That. They have other issues everywhere else, but as far as Kirk Cousins and passing the football and getting to his receivers, they do a pretty good job at that. And they were able to pick up Kirk Cousins twice, one pick six. And yeah. it was a very funny pick six. I'm not sure if you guys seen it. It was, it was a bad throw. Too. It was a bad throw, man. <laughs> well, damn the throw. Damn the throw. But did you see that? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Kirk Cousins tried to, try to run, run, run him down, and then they – And he got lit, blocked. They tossed his, his ass. ass up. Yeah, they tossed him to the ground. That shit was funny. But Malcolm, like speaking of their corners, their other corner is CJ Henderson, who you like coming out of the draft, went to the Jaguars and got traded to the Panthers, right? He's allowing a 117.7 pass rate target and 14.7 yards per reception. That's some Jerry Jacobs Seahawks shit right there. So, I mean, it's not, you know, it's... <laughs> I don't know, man. I feel like you could attack him everywhere. Jeremy Chin is kind of playing that Brian Branch role, and he's playing well for them. And Jonathan Stewart actually talked about that. So um, we'll see. But I think we should handle business, take care of them easily, man. They're, the Lions started eight 8.5-point favorites, now they're 10-point favorites. Yeah. Vegas knows, too. I mean, one thing I will say that I will like push back a little bit, 
you still want Amon Ross St. Brown on the field. I know you say like it's okay if you. Oh, the for game, sure. If you, you always want those guys, it makes on the a difference field. with him and with him right now. With him on, with him on the field or with them out. Absolutely, but I was saying like if if you could pick one game on the schedule for him to miss, yeah. probably this or a Chicago game. You know, like same with Branch. But you, of course, those guys are dogs. You, they're like your best players. You want them out there for sure. Makes a difference. So yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, Amon Ross, like they run through a lot of through his offense through Amon Ross. So, so for sure. Hopefully it's nothing too serious with him because it's a new injury listed on the injury report. It wasn't the, the toe. It's so. an abdomen, so. So we'll hopefully um, it's nothing too serious and he could be out there on Sunday. But the toe is no longer in short. That's good news, so. That is good, yeah. yeah. So do you, I, I don't know if, if he's still wearing that steel thing on his on his cleat anymore. Well, I, I don't know if that's announced or I'm he can take sure. it out now. But, yeah, it's a new injury on the injury report. And he missed Tuesday and then hypothetically would have missed Wednesday on their estimation. Campbell did say Branch and Amon Ra are day to date though, so that's good news. It's not like a long term, you know. And they were both limited. It's not like they didn't practice. No, they, yeah. I, I'm sorry, they actually didn't practice. If not mistake, I think Branch. I know he got hurt second time in Green Bay, but was he on the f- field for the onset recovery? I don't. He didn't get it, but like I think he was on the field. If I'm not mistaken, I am not sure, Tyler. Um, but to to actually correct myself, they actually did not practice. Branch and Amon Ra did not practice, but. Um, We'll see what happens, man. Yeah. All right. That is going to be a wrap to this episode. Hope you guys all enjoyed. We will be live on Sunday before the game on YouTube and on X or Twitter, whatever you call it. And we'll be live post game on X Spaces or Twitter Spaces, whatever you like to call it. We'll be we'll be live on post game on Spaces. So you can come join us there. Hopefully, talk about the Lions dub. That's all I got from you guys. Leave a five star review. Come on, guys. Peace. All right, guys. I'll see you guys on Sunday. I'm out. Peace. All right, Charles, your boy Malcolm, and I am out. Peace. happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com